the first use case you think about blockchain is payments, right? So that's the first thing you want to you want to do is show that you can secure a payment mechanism, just like Visa, Mastercard, but much more secure without middlemen, take away the fees, uh, offers economies of scale. So the more people use it, the cheaper it gets. The, the way we view the future of value in the long term, three to five to ten years, we view layer one blockchains will essentially become like the new republics. These will be the new mechanisms where all the value is going to proliferate to the future. There'll be the layer one blockchain, there'll be the mining market, there'll be the dApps, and there'll be tokens. So the lower you get in the stack, the uh, lower risk you have, but the lower rewards. The highest risk reward will be on the layer one blockchain, because that's where all the value will, 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 will flow up. But it's highest value, highest risk. We view layer one blockchains, which is Bitcoin, Syscoin, Ethereum, as court systems. They need to be combative to the external forces that we don't control, even in the software world. In the real world, like inflation, hyperinflation, wars, these systems need to be secure from that. And this is why we view Bitcoin as the gold standard for security and decentralization. What else does the world need? You know, what else does the world cherish when you have something like Bitcoin? How can we extend that to something else where we can take advantage to build real world utility? This is where Ethereum comes in. For me, Ethereum is a gold standard for flexibility or general computation. We're trying to stick to the gold standards we know the world's gonna cherish and, and develop on, and we put those two concepts together. And this is what Syscoin is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. In case you're not feeling familiar with who I am, I am that hotep Jesus dude. That hotep, that hotep, that hotep Jesus dude. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time here, hit the subscribe button. If this is not your first time here or is the first time here, also turn on your notifications to make sure you get notified for when I go live. Today I have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sharp conversation lined up for you today with a very accomplished individual by the name of Ed Lattimore. <laughs> That's not Uncle Hotep, despite what that <laughs> what that uh, label says down below. What up, Ed? How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm 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 real good, man. I'm excited to have a chat because I just, uh, you know, I've, I've admired everything you've been doing on the socials, on and then with with your brand in general, and really just a, a good dude to learn from. And and also one of the more interesting things, you know, I'm not. It's this weird space in my head the way I treat race. Okay. I'm I'm never, I never tell a person that their race makes a difference for what they can accomplish. I really don't believe that. I can't believe that, right? Mm. Uh, at least not in the United States. But I also recognize really the power of representation, and I was not always that guy. Mm. Uh, but I understand now that even though I, I I never needed it, I know there are a lot of people out there who get a lot from seeing someone that looks like them do something positive and constructive, right? And I say all that to say I'm I'm real impressed <laughs> just you being a brother and the way you 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 work and things, and really how you've managed to navigate a lot of stuff. I see I've seen some moves you made where I was like. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I want to, I, I I have to make sure I do and I have to live up to. So for me, man, it's an honor to be here. 
Yo, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, you know, brothers like yourself help create Hotep Jesus. You know, um, Ed Lattimore helped create Hotep Jesus. You know, you were one of the first, you know, when I when we first connected, you was a rock nation heavyweight boxer. I grew yeah, up man, with, wow, that was <laughs> that was a little while ago. Wow, that's right. Yeah. I grew up on Jay-Z. So when I seen you validate me, it sort of gave me more energy. Oh yeah, dude, that's cool, man. You know, I'm working on um I'm working on a real legitimate like and I say legitimate like like everything I wrote before. It's not like it wasn't legitimate, but but now I'm I'm working on on a book proposal right now. Okay. Right? And and the the working title is Hard Lessons from the Hurt Business, Boxing Lessons on Building Grit, Fragility, or Grit Resilience and to Fragility. Mm-hmm. And and you know that that's forced me to kind of take notes and go back and think about my career and and how cool that was and really what what you have to do to 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 become better than other people at something competition is scary for people i really think it is because you you can't lazy you can't compete lazily unless the competition unless you like so much better but even still, even those guys that are so much better, man, they, they put in so much work. Yes. And look, thinking about that Rock Nation thing, because I just wrote in the bio, there's, there's all these sections to a uh, book proposal. And one of them is the bio. And you have to tell the bio in a way that says you're the guy that can write this book. Like, the, you know, when people read it, they're going to be like, okay, I can trust he said that. Like, if I was a fat motherfucker talking about uh, how to lose weight, they'd be like, hold up, man. Like, what? You know, that kind of deal. A little more serious with credentials, but but still. And so one of the things I had to put, I had to I, I didn't have to put, but I was you ever you ever do that? I think everyone should do this. They should do a bio of themselves mm. and they should and, and objectively they'll be able to see, yo, I'm the shit or yo, I'm a piece of shit. Like it's why it's gonna be one or the other. You know, you're going to realize, realize that real fast. And one of the things I had to mention was my Rock Nation time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, somebody real like. And, and in the publishing industry, apparently, uh, as my buddy called it, I, I talked to this guy. He wrote this book, The Founders. Amazing. In this space, all the people you have access to. He, uh, he said, you got to understand something about the publishing industry. They're a bunch of star fuckers. And I was like, what? He's like, any celebrity you can link yourself to. Make sure you do it because that's going to make a difference. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. And it changes how you think about things and how you write certain things, you know? That's the nature of the business, man. The grifters, grifter, grifters. <laughs> man, ain't that the truth? You're looking at, you look at something and you go, well, I, I, just a perfect example of that, that I did, grifters, drifter, grifters, or grifter, grifters. So, so he was talking about how he promoted and, and pushed his first book. And his first book was about this uh, mathematician, which is which is kind of it was like a breakdown of his life, and that's kind of a niche topic. You don't expect that to sell a lot of copies, but he went on the. I think he said he moved like forty thousand. It's in the book world is it's pretty good, and he did this not by getting a New York Times feature, not by getting on um uh, uh one of the big talk shows on mainstream media, but he went and hustled. He said he mailed every. He wrote every electrical engineering and mathematics department 
in the country and, and computer science and, and, and told them about the book and got people talking. Did a bunch of stuff on Reddit. Really hustled, really worked, right? So the kind of stuff that we as, as internet, I guess we'll call it internet entrepreneurs, understand, you know, that's how you do numbers. They don't, uh, apparently, you know, that idea is not, not crossed over completely, at least, you know, to us over here, because we, we see it, we go, he's like, well, you know, I don't need a New York Times feature. Who the hell reads that is what he, you know, he was thinking, but like you, you, you realistically have, you know, more viewers than the Toms do just on, you know, your Twitter. And so there's this whole end of it where we're like, I got no problem with the grift, right? I, I never have a problem right. with the grift. Right. My my problem is when the grift is is presents itself in place of the hard work, in place of the real deal. Like, look, you can have all the sizzle in the world. Your steak better be the bomb. You know, you can be a loud barker, but barker, you better have a real fearsome bite. But when it when it comes when it's time to be to do the thing. You know, I don't I don't care what you've been saying, what you've been showing off. We want to see this substance. And that never really showed me, you know, kind of presented how I gotta think about stuff and and moving on. But I already think that way. Like like every day when you when you're a solopreneur, every day you get up going, man, I gotta make some money. You don't you don't wanna have a day where you don't make any money, even if it's only five dollars. You wanna you don't wanna break that habit. Yes. Yes, so true, so true. Damn, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, we respect the grift over here on this channel. We got the grifties, grifties.com. So we celebrate the grift, right? And you're right. absolutely right. There is a dark side of the grift. We say it's like the force, right? There's a good side, it's the Jedi side, and there's the dark side of the grift. And you're absolutely right where it's all sizzle, no taste. It's all bark, no bite. It's a lot of that going around and you see it in mainstream. So I want to tie that to something you said earlier in regards to representation. What happens when black representation is all bark, no bite, and that's mainstream, <laughs> right? Like you got a lot of that where you're like, so you gave me my props. You was like, yo, you out here, you're a good representation, and, and you know, uh, black brothers need that. And I agree, because, you know, um, real quick, quick story. Somebody said to me, he was like, yo, um, you know, you should come on our platform. Don't you want to target the black community? And I'm like, I thought about it. And I'm like, I really, that's like not my aim, right? Like my aim isn't like, I got to target the black community. So I'm like, no, nah, I don't really want to target the black community. And I think they took offense and they didn't call me back, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be all black, right? And I thought to myself, like, I am black. Like, why do I have to reach the black community if I'm already black? I'm already, like, why do they think I'm not reaching the black community? And when you listen to my shows, I got a call-in show. When you listen to my show, a bunch of black people call in. I went to um, a university recently to go visit my daughter. And this dude goes, yo, you Hotep Jesus? Yeah. It's a brother. I went to the dispensary to get some weed a few months back. Yo, you know Uncle Hotep? Yeah. Are you Hotep Jesus? Yeah. A brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't right. need to try to reach the black community. When they see my face, they're going to go, who's this brother? Right? I'm going to connect with them. So, what do you say when there's representation, but it's the dark side of the grift? Are you seeing that? Oh, absolutely. You know, where do I start with this? <laughs> it's deep. Okay. 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 So one of the things that is that is really 
unique about the existence of black people in America is, you know, we 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 have our we have a tumultuous history with the uh a tumultuous past at least with, with the rest of the, the people in the country, uh really whites. And we want to just make it real simple, black and white. And and now today, despite everything you you want to see and want to be told, I, I personally feel certainly, you know, from an objective standpoint, uh, things are a lot better. You know, if it, at the very least, you know, the I, I no, things are a lot better. There's no, there's no need to elaborate on that. Uh, I'm not saying they're the best, but no one is going to be able to argue with me that the position we have in this country now in 2020 is somehow inferior to the one we had, you know, before 1964 when the, when the Civil Rights Act was made or, or after all, okay? So you got all that. But, but let me tell you, that struggle was so unique, at least in modern times, that anyone who wants to hitch a, who has their cause, they have to, they, they can hitch on it and play to it. Because you can look at any instance of of the races being different and just call it racism, and from there drum up or any conflict between two sides, one is race, one is, and the race are different, and really drum that up. And you can build a massive audience on it. You can sell a product. You can how much money did Black Lives Matter get out of the community? And there's there's nothing to show for it. You can do quite a lot by playing on that because people. I don't think people want to be victims. I really, I really believe this wholeheartedly. What I think is that charisma and charisma without a moral compass is incredibly dangerous, much more dangerous than science without humanity. Mm. And and when I, when I, whenever mm. I say something to that effect and put that out there, uh, people always like to point out the, the Nazi regime. And I go, look, man, Hengel was an awful guy and did a lot of stuff in the name of science with no heart. But he only got that way, he only got in that position because of the charisma, and that's what it was, charisma, leadership, whatever you want to call it, uh, of Adolf Hitler. Every leader that comes to power with the backing of the military uh, or the backing of the elites, there's some type of charisma there. And when you can harness that, you can do a lot of damage if you're not aiming the right way. This all comes back to say, it's it's a cheat code because of our history to drum up uh, racial division, and so whenever we, there's someone who is black who is standing a certain way, uh, you you're you're very dangerous if you don't fall in line because because you got because guys like us uh, I, I I use I'll use you and I can't remember the guy's name and that's a shame because he actually lives in the city you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the guy who wrote "Whatever Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker." Uh, he has the root uh, page. I, I've seen him play basketball. He's he's a local dude. Uh, okay. But he had a post, and he goes, uh, it, "Two posts in particular stood out to me in my mind." And and I can't even remember his name, but I remember the post. Hmm. One post was, "If you're if you're a black man who votes for Trump, you're an idiot." And Black people or the or the white people or black men or the, that's Michael Harry Yacht. Yeah. Michael Harry Yacht. Yeah, yeah. Black, black okay. men are the white people of black people. Right. Okay. So so when I see this, I go, 
what you're doing is you're, you're using this this charisma, this platform, in the incorrect way because what you which and you don't even realize it because what you're saying is we all we're a monolith. We all got to think the same way. We can't be different. The irony here of forcing for you know looking for diversity is that you remove all diversity. I made this comment about the concept of a person of color. And I'm like, when you call us people of color, your attempt to aim to, to be diverse it causes the, the exact opposite outcome. Now it's only white people, not only people of color and people without it. it, it we're back to it. Uh, it, it gets, I know, I know that is a little bit of a tangent off the main point, but the main point is uh, that, any any person who can be propped up, but if you don't have your own agenda, they will attach one to you and then get mad when you don't follow it. I know that because I'm I'm not. I I think by by all objective measures, you're you're a more popular figure uh, than me. And I know because they come to me sometimes. Well, not with something similar. Uh, you know, do do this or or say that. Why don't you use your platform for this? And I'm like, why don't you grow a platform and you do it? I don't. I'm not supposed to think like 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 the 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 insult that it is to say I should have to think a certain way because I'm a certain skin color. That really bugs me. Like that fundamentally bugs me to where like. There isn't a lot that bugs me fundamentally where I can just be like, you know, I can walk away from most stuff because it's the internet. I can't ignore, I can't ignore fact deniers. Like I hate flat earthers and I can't ignore someone who tells, who says we gotta be, you know, or any implication that we should all think the same way. It, it, it really bugs me. And I think it's because I see that that's how we end up. <laughs> the intellectual plantation. That's what I like to call it. But. Mm, yo. You know, you hit on a lot there. I hate that when people say, how can you use your platform this? How can you use your platform for that? And I'm just like, okay, so you want me to just give you a joystick to my life? I'm like, right. <laughs> but like, I, all the experiences I went through to be, to, to, to have this. Right. Right. And, and it really is a gift. I, 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 you know, this is a, a bit of a side note. I, I take it so seriously. You can't tell because I'm having fun, right. but it's the way I have fun. Okay, I take it so seriously because I recognize the power uh, that I've been really, I mean, to say bestowed makes it sound like it was a gift, but, you know, right time, right place, right experiences, right brain to put those experiences in the words. Uh, that's a lot of things I didn't have control over. So I, I feel lucky and it's power. I, I can say something and it's around the world. And, and then people go, oh, blue check mark must have said that shit has got to. Now, there's, there's a certain level of, of weight that, and responsibility, I think, that comes with this kind of power. All right. But, but that that's a bit of a side note. But it's necessary to discuss because I can't, I don't know you. And, and if we don't have the same uh, agenda, if we don't, if we don't have the same ideas, Whenever I, I if if I was to go and make my platform reflect your ideas, then I have I have a bigger problem. And I, I'd imagine, look, you got a vet. I, I'd imagine you have some vetting system for who you would have on the show. Because even even if you disagree with somebody, right, and you bring them on for a debate, what you're what you're doing is you're allowing them to come in your house and and you know 
everybody that comes to your house will be like, he's in his house. Mm. Even if he's being detained there, it's like he's in his house. And people are going to look at that and think a certain way. But like, and, and you know this, right? Because you, you could have, you know, you could have somebody who disagrees with you on every single fact and you have them on, right? And they can be the most disrespectful person. That wouldn't be nearly as bad as if you had a convicted child molester on there. Mm. You'd be like, they, they, even if you guys agree with everything, because now, you know, one of my, one of my favorite tweets, I love quote myself because I just, I love the way I talk. That's just my, you got to love how you talk if you're going to do this. That's you know, it's, it's a, it's a like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And even if there's not a fire, you got to explain why you smell like smoke. And even if you have a good idea, or even if you have a good reason, uh, you still smell like smoke. And that's a problem because there was just a fire. So you have to be careful with who you you who you associate yourself with. And that's that same regard. And and these people don't understand that. They just mm-hmm. see a black. Uh, but but you know what though? You know, if I'm gonna get I told people when I was promoting the show on my, my Twitter, I said, you know, I'm gonna be talking about stuff I don't normally talk about on my Twitter, man. Because this is a weird concept. I feel like you're a safe space, man. You're a good dude, and we could talk and get these ideas and whatever. But 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 let, let's be real, man. This was been happening a lot to to throughout our history to, to to black people in this country. If if you either you either toe the line and you pimp the message. Right, or you don't. You're not cast. You're either Thomas Sow or you're a future. Right, <laughs> <laughs> like, and 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 you get the exactly what I'm saying. Yes, for people who don't know, Thomas Sow is you know when you want to hold up examples of, of black excellence, it's going to be really hard to find one better. Yes, but he doesn't toe the line. You know, right? I went and on this um... one. You know, I remember when I was younger, you know, um, I wanted to be a businessman my whole life. Never deviated from that thought process. And I used to look at Black Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm like, I'm gonna be on the cover of Black Entrepreneur Magazine one day. And then as I got older, there was a midpoint where I was hurt because I realized I would never be on Black Entrepreneur Magazine. I realized I'd never be on Ebony because I'm, I'm different. And then it was a point where I was like, well, let me type in Thomas Soul name on blackentrepreneur.com just to see if maybe there's some hope. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, that nigga name didn't come up not once. Not one time. It was, it was know, like you know. a mention <laughs> in something else and it was denigrating. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't looked into this, but I would imagine maybe not then, but certainly now. I'm sure Condoleezza Rice is just a footnote, right? Mm. <laughs> mm. Because here's a person who, you know, however you want to look at the parties now versus then, that part is irrelevant for this part of the discussion, but is is a is is of the party that is well, that's not supposed to be for black people. Okay, yeah. apparently that's what they want you to believe. You know, it's a it's a weird world. Uh, and then that's why it kind of breaks my heart so much, you know, this stuff with uh with Herschel Walker, because because here's a here's a guy that, that for the most part is is a good example until you go back, and that's real past. That's real stuff. You can't deny any of that. And so you're like, oh goodness, they hurt so much. Like 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 I can deal with. To, to use the the common vernacular, 
I can deal with the Pookies and the Ray Rays and the rappers or whatever and them elevating them because because they are what they what they are and you make the decision based on what you what you see. All right, and that's on you. But but when we find a solid guy, we elevate it and bring him up, and then we go and see he's not done a lot of solid things, then you're like, oh, it hurts so much. You ever you know what it reminds me of? You ever see the well, the um, I can't I can never remember the order because they shot it out of order. The Star Wars movie, and, and it's the it's the final one where. Obi-Wan uh, defeats Luke before he turns into, not Luke, but Anakin before he turns into uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you would have chosen, he was so, like, you understand why he was so mad. He was like, you would have chosen one. You were supposed to, and you went and you fucking joined the dark side. Like, why? Yeah. Hey, you're so, like, I bet everything on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't have bet everything on you if you was just some bum-ass Jedi. Like, no. <laughs> You was the real deal, and now I'm, and now we're we're disappointed. That's how, you know, how that go. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this, and I ask a lot of people this question: Who is the black intelligentsia? Who? Oh man! Because because really, what happens is when it's election time, and they want to communicate to the black community. Obviously, on the ground level, they go to the church. But on the surface level, um, they or mainstream level, they go to the rappers and the entertainers, which asked me, OK, <laughs> so so I say to myself, well, who's the better option? And I find that that list is very short. You know, you got who you got, you got, you got um. Uh... What's your boy's name? The the Trump, uh, Ben Carson. Ben Carson. You got Ben Carson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I guess. <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, look, man. Hey, you asked. I, I'm just. Hey, we're going to just. You're not wrong. Just make, That's that. Neil deGrasse. That. Neil deGrasse Tyson comes up every single time I ask this question. So you're not wrong. Continue. <laughs> Every time, uh, so Ben Carson, the grass Tyson, uh, and and just purely they have not done anything else, and then they're known for how they think and 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 do things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking, man, because I know I'm missing somebody. I know I'm missing something. That's who's my your, point. That's my who's point. Who's the boy that gave that money to the uh, the HCB? Uh, HBCUs and they they ripped him because his wife was black. You know he'll never um, do that. Or white. I mean his wife was white. And they, um, they, the billionaire. Oh um, yeah. He runs um, DeGrio. He bought the Weather Channel. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but I uh, I know who you talking you, about. You know, but the but the point is like that's a hard list to create. Yeah. And these are the and why is it hard? Not because there aren't these there aren't brothers doing great things. But but who gets the spotlight where people go, that's the guy. Right, right. Because like at the end of the day, no, no matter how talented one's flow game is, right, ultimately the media makes their career. If you don't get pushed and play, like, like you, you could be the baddest effing YouTuber out there, but until you get signed, you're just a YouTuber. Right. The, 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 it still works that way there. Then you get pushed and promoted. Right. So, so someone that they bring on, you know, and they can push your move, that don't really, that don't really happen. 
that often because because people like that are really I, 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 like I said, man, I, I have interesting thoughts about race because because you know what it is? It's pure cognitive dissonance in the purest sense of the word. Mm. I, I can hold two two competing ideas and recognize two competing, uh, I guess we'll call them thought motifs at the same time yes. and, and see which one is that play and make my decision based on it. Because on the one, on the one hand, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, you responsible for your life, your choices, your race has nothing to do with it. There is, I'll never say there is not systemic racism, but what I will say is, you know, well, are you in the system for it to be affected by it? Mm. It's kind of how I think about it. But then on the other hand, I, I'd have to be a fool to not see some of the, some some things, and 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 they've gotten good at it. They've gotten so good that you don't realize it. For example, that question right there, <laughs> we we had to think. Okay, if I wanna if I wanna see a a black person be a role model for for intelligence, yes, where do I look? We, we got a bunch in entertainment, a bunch in sports, a bunch in the church. But when I want to see somebody that's that's doing not anything with uh, their body, just their mind, where are they? Ooh, that's a, and that's that's oh man, it, it's so good. You have to question whether it's intentional or not. Like like that's not some shit that happens on accident. Yeah, <laughs> you know I think I think certainly when you understand, like you got a you got a background in the music industry. You understand, you know, you don't you don't get anywhere if if the media doesn't if, if the media in that area you know doesn't help you. Eminem's got this great great lyric where he's talking about in Toy Soldiers, uh, where he didn't um he didn't want to go to go to have beef with somebody. I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say Irv Gotti, but that doesn't seem right. Uh, but he's talking about how the source built his career up. Like, why would I want to go with, go to war with them? Mm. And <laughs> and that's more or less, even in the internet age, how it works. So if I can't think immediately of something without digging deep. Oh, it's hard, you know. Uh, you think about the movies that come out and what they promote when 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 we are the central central topic. This is one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of this whole this whole like movement, uh, certainly on Netflix anyhow, of of where they, they kind of ignore the race and just cast. And I think you end up with, a, as long as you, you get the best actors, you end up with a, with a pretty good piece of work. But but think about this, you know, what's the, the, the latest, the latest quote unquote trauma porn that came out lately or uh, the woman King. Mm. And, and I thought that was a really interesting choice. I, I didn't read into the screenwriter being white or anything like that because it, because that's surface level shit. It's it's just not important. What I looked at and what I saw was the okay. So we're not gonna make movies about slaves anymore. They caught on to that. Why don't we make movies about the slave captors and <laughs> and make it with black people as the slave? Because because most people won't know who who that tribe is until they know, and they're like, hold the fuck up, like. <laughs> Like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> and that's another insidious way to get in your head. And I, you know, it's amazing. Because look, I don't have these conversations with most people. To, to be to be perfectly honest, it's not really what I talk about on my social media. And and most of my friends 
uh, are, are not, not black. That's just the math of the thing, right? It's not like I sought out uh, only white friends. It's just, you know, my, my two, bad, two of my best friends or three of them that are black, they are scattered around the country and shit. So I don't, I don't have these conversations with a lot of people. So, so I'm excited to have this conversation and talk about it. And that's one thing I just, I just kept thinking. I was like, of all the stories, we got Mansa Musa, man. We got fucking Kunta. Got like all the, like, well, not Kunta. Um, Shaka. his name? Shaka Zulu. Yeah. Yeah. Shaka Zulu and Mansa Musa. And you chose that as the story of Africa to tell. <laughs> Uh, you, you you can't and I'm sorry it's like have a woman lead and it's pe- a woman of color lead right all all the check marks clicked off well I, I wanted to say this earlier when you brought up the representation and it just reminded me one of one of the things I always say if you give people with symbolic victories they're gonna stop chasing real ones mm. uh what what did um <laughs> what did Jay-Z say something uh, minor league coaches he said but along that same line, it's along that same line, exactly. You know, they're chasing these symbolic victories, but ain't no real ones. Nothing at all. And you can't tell them nothing either. That's the crazy part. Because when you point it out, they go, you Uncle Tom, you a cool, you a hater. Right? You, you try to point out, point Harriet Tubman, the $20 bill is, is that, that whole idea they were flowing. You try to point that out. They're like, yo, that doesn't mean anything. They're going to give you, they can at least give you a 20 or something. Nope, nope, they're just going to, because that'll get you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the next thing, and then they'll release the movie. Uh, they'll release a movie about how your own people got you over here, but they're going to they're gonna twist it a little bit, because that's a bad thing, because they're not that stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the billionaire's name was Robert Smith. And um, yeah, the, the line by Jay Z, and that's why I say like a lot of people give Jay Z a lot of hell and grief. And I'm like, yo, if you listen to his lyrics, he be dropping lessons. And he said, moral victories the whole time. The whole time, he said, moral victories are for minor league coaches. Yep, that's real. That's exactly what you just said. And I'm like, we running around here looking for these moral victories. Thank you for the super chat. We gonna get to those as we wind down. Um, but that's exactly it. The and I, I think that's what happened with Barack Obama. Oh, for sure. You know, the, I don't I don't know anything about because because I am I've said this before, I, I try to remain willfully ignorant of politics. Now that's changed because now I have skin in the game expecting a kid, but like a lot of stuff I try I just don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. But I also look at, uh, but I'm a student of history. And so when, it, when I'm a student of history and now I've still really started to listen to podcasts when I drive, because I was like, okay, what do I got to do? I can't listen to music all the time. No, I just listen to, listen to good stuff. Uh, I try to learn. And, and it's really amazing what you can do if you convince people that you're, you're pandering to them. Mm. I, I think that's, that's amazing. Without knowing anything about Obama's policies and things like that, the country was ripe. He was a great speaker. Um, he was a decent speaker. He just was a great speaker for the average nigga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. That, that's a. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, here's how, here's how far this shit can take you, man. Uh, I just just as, uh, as I referenced, you know, working on my book and everything and just learning stuff about the industry. 
So, so when your your proposal goes up, uh, a lot of times if you have any type of clout or a good platform, it'll go to auction. Multiple houses will go after it. Okay. They gave these they gave these motherfuckers sixty five million dollars. The book is not going to sell that many copies. Not even close. Now it's probably going to sell sell a lot because of who he is and and his his oratory, right? But uh, 65 mil up front. Cause that's what I mean. Well, okay. It's not all up front. Like it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. splits and everything, but that's still a significant amount before book sells, it sells copy probably on a burn out, but that, that's just, you know, the power of the power of, uh, being a president plus being a black president. Well, the first I think, one and all that good stuff. you know, I think the influence is more important than the money. Absolutely. They, 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 if, they... <laughs> if they can convince, you know, a certain group of people to think a certain way, they'll make that money back on the, on the back end later <laughs> on another product. On, on a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right about that. The the, the goals of the, the long-term goals of, of marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, I always say, I don't think a lot of stuff is conspiracy in, in this regard anyhow. What I think it is is a case of emergent behavior. You you have an incentive, and you have that incentive being money, and then you have people who have their incentives, which which for the most part is some form of escapism or validation. And then when you combine those two, you you get you get something really ugly, but almost entirely predictable, which is. You, you get one side that will produce the thing in mass that will drive the escapist behavior the, that will validate that will uh, that will pretty much remove accountability and you see that at all levels of of society I really don't think it's some type of giant conspiracy from globalist overlords I think it's us. As a whole, I don't mean me. I mean us as humans. Going, you know what? It's a lot harder to like, just just diet. It's a lot harder to to watch what I eat and stay in shape. So I'm gonna buy into this fat acceptance bullshit. At the very <laughs> least, I'm not gonna criticize it. Yeah. And if I and if I put on a couple of pounds, uh, you know, no one's really gonna notice or say a difference because because you know I'm only I'm only five ten, two fifty. It's not. It's not that bad. There's a lot more. A lot, and there are, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I think happens. I think a lot of it is is a lot of, of people wanting something, <clears throat> and there's a small. You got to remember the the amount of people who push back. Mm. We are a loud voice on social media. Yes. We are not. It's not like in you 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 get a lot of this in real life. We feel like we're waking up. And then we, maybe we are, maybe we, we save a, a soul here or there. But compared to the to the big grift, mm. <laughs> compared compared to the the multinational, multi corporation grift, oh, well, we may as well. That's why I don't talk about this stuff with my friends because what, what are we gonna do? I can't, I can't prove. I'm not not even not only can I not prove. I because it's a bunch of you have to show so much. You need a so lot much of knowledge. Evidence. You you got to have a lot of knowledge to go okay, and then you got to be smart enough to link and connect the dots. 
and then have the 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 strength of mind to to alter your life as a result of it. And that's a tall order for the average human. So mm-hmm. I I just kind of let that let that go. Mm-hmm. But, have you ever seen the movie Branded? I have not. What is that? That sounds. Oh. I just. You gotta watch you it. You give me a movie recommendation in this conversation. <laughs> should I watch it as soon as we off the call? <laughs> I don't know where you can find it now. Maybe on Amazon. But it's a very it's a weird movie, but um, it's ominous as well. So basically, what happens is, um, the fast food companies want to sell more fast food, but everybody's moving towards better health. So they call in this marketing guru. He's like the Illuminati head marketing guy, right? And um, so he says, uh, you know, they, they throw around all these ideas on how they're going to sell more fast food. Maybe we got to make it taste better. Da, da, da. He's like, no, you guys are all thinking wrong. What you got to do is you got to make being fat cool. And everybody was like, <laughs> man, <laughs> explosion going on. Now, this movie's at least 10 to 15 years old. I just looked it up. Yeah, it's, it came out of 2012. So, OK, 2012. There you go. That's exactly 10 years. Yep. So, um, so they make fat cool. They start running ads where it's like, Hey, you know, being fat is cool. Being fat is cool. So when I saw the movie, my conspiratorial mind was like, okay, so that's our future. Then when this whole fat shaming thing came about, I was like, oh shit, it's really our future. (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. So, you know, it's, and you know, you're in, you're, you're a guy that studies, studies marketing and branding and. I think you've also mentioned to me how you think I'm a good marketer. And I got to tell you the truth. I'm not a good marketer. I'm a terrible marketer. Um, (laughs) I'm a brander. I'm a branding expert. And I think a lot of people don't know the difference. But when we have our private conversation, we'll dive into that. And I'll tell you the difference between marketing and branding. Um, Because marketing is the product. Um, And I do make a great product. But there's other things as far as promotion. Promotion is a big part of marketing. And I'm not really a good promoter. I'm a terrible promoter, to be honest with you. But branding Uh. is everything. And I think that's the problem with black people. Our brand stinks. (laughs) It's we have a we have a terrible brand, Um, no matter what angle you look at it. So, for example, coming back to the intelligentsia conversation. Uh, a mind that I've always admired was Dr. Cornell West. And at one point in my mind, I said, I want to speak to this guy. And now my age, I'm like, I want to debate this guy because he's a communist. And I'm like, how could a, 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 I mean, if I had a conversation with him, I'd have to stop and look up every word he says, because he's going to use words that I just never even heard of. Right. He's just that educated. Um, He's a professor, but I'm like, how do we lose one of our greatest minds to communism? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to one of the things we're listening to right now on my drive drives is, uh, uh, this, this, the, yeah, the debate is probably a, too strong of a word because it wasn't framed to start as a debate, but clearly they have different opinions uh, between Patrick, Bet David and this, this this professor of economics with a PhD in economics mm. who is a communist. Yeah. And and I thought, I said, yo, that's insane because here's a guy who, who knows better and is arguing in defense of communism. 
or at the very least uh, is attacking capitalism and presenting communism as, a, as an alternative system. Mm-hmm. And to, to do that, right, this is why I say you, you, you charisma, man, and he's not like a super charismatic guy, but somebody's going to come around that is. And they're going to argue and they're going to make all the points that he's trying to make that don't hold water, but the, the, he'll effectively win the debate by by yelling louder as opposed yeah. to presenting uh, better facts mm. to support his position. And and as I watched that, I just, I said, this is, there's, a, there's an interesting point you reach. And, and I, I watched this play out in the United States uh, with the with the pan, well, I guess the whole world really. Uh, with the pandemic, there's a point you reach. Well, we're not really worried about stupid people, because you you can you can incentivize and bait and trap and really put stupid people to work for you. We're not really worried about them. They were casualties. Average-minded people tend to understand. Are, are tend to make snap judgments, right? And 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 that's that's okay because they realize their limitation. The most dangerous motherfuckers I realized on either side of any debate are the ones who are smart enough to to realize that smart enough to recognize the the, the flaws and the cracks in an approach or a system but not smart enough and I oh yeah and this is assuming it's unintentional not smart enough to realize that their their solution uh, or their explanation for it is short-sighted mm. only considers one order of reaction as opposed to two or three doesn't take into consideration all the data present uh these are the people who to draw their conclusions from one study, not realizing that not only should you not do that, uh, they probably have no idea what like a p-value or a confidence interval type thing is, and can't understand these things. They can't understand the significance of knowing the median versus the mean because they're they're just smart enough, and they're just smart enough. Then they would have never taken the hard math because that's what the really smart people do. They're just smart enough to know how to use that to market. What do they say? Comedians, you know, your your communicators like that tend to be of slightly above average intelligence, Uh, but not extreme, you know, smart enough. What's the saying, right? Smart enough to get rich, but dumb enough to enjoy it. Those kind of people, right? Uh, And that's a very dangerous individual when it's, when it's wrapped with an agenda, because that person is going to be smart enough to lead everyone else and their only opposition is going to be by definition a minority of people yeah and you know i i try to explain all the time to people i try to chase data i will not make a decision but because but and part of it is just how i think another part of it is because like i have this this big platform if i'm wrong i gotta i gotta deal with you know, people doing some dumb shit if I'm wrong, you know, I don't want to like, I, I don't, I, I never want like some pizza gay shit on my hands or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. That That's because, <laughs> you know, not, not even want to be close to doing that. And for those who don't know, I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page that'll reference uh, exactly what that is. Don't want to ever have anything to do with that. So I, I try to patiently look at information and data mm-hmm. and see what comes in. 
And a lot of people can't do that. They go, it's got to be this. And then when it, if it turns out to be that or like it, even if it's not like that, I just, you know, it's, it, I'll, I'll just use the exact example uh, that I'm thinking of. When, when people, when data comes out two, three years later, now at this point, about about COVID transmission and everything, yeah, there was you. You were right to be extremely skeptical about a, a quickly produced vaccine, especially if the science is is beyond your understanding and you want to le- don't want to learn it. Rightfully, sort of be skeptical, but for for everyone, because remember, the whole world is learning at the same time. Or so we're being told, right? The whole world says, <laughs> huh? Uh, so, you know, if a, if a policy changes and flips and changes, you know, uh, that doesn't mean you were right. That means you guessed right. And there's a big difference between that. Uh, and ultimately, yes, we should beat it. So what is too long? When people go, oh, it just disappeared. Well, but did it really just disappear? Mm. Like it took like two and a half years by my account, mm. uh, you know. And I'm looking at these, and and those are the people who are smart enough because I follow. I, I try to be balanced in what I see, and the only way to be balanced, what you see nowadays, is to be skeptical about everything. And and if you see something that doesn't pass your smell test, research it, look into it, understand it, try to. Attack the argument, even if you agree with it. It's hard for a lot of people to do. All right, mm-hmm. that's what a lot try to do. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of a lot of half baked, half baked first order thinking, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and a, and, a, and a shit ton of confirmation bias. Yes, yes. You know, I, I I'm a firm believer in a priori intelligence. So there's different types of intelligence, right? And and I'm sure you you're aware of them. But I think there's one that always gets overlooked. So the type of intelligence that I saw fooled was I saw smart people around me going out, going to get the inoculation. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a, what a smart <laughs> dancer on the sensors. That's some brilliant shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm, what we do over here. <laughs> yeah. We dance around the sensors over here. <laughs> but, um. What I realized was these individuals are smart enough to understand what's being said, right? Because the average individual, like you said, is waiting for the smart person to interpret what the media is saying, what the doctors are saying. But when you start talking about antigens, pathogens, and all these different words, the smart people are smart enough to um, receive and understand that information and process it. However, there's another intelligence, and that is your own fucking common sense. <laughs> right? yep. So before I dive into anything, I default to a priori intelligence. I default to common sense. Before I look at any data, I go, what's the truth here? Because what do you do in science? You follow the uh, scientific method. You first start off with a hypothesis. You don't start off with the data. Right. Yep. You got to start up with a hypothesis. And so you got to test it. Right? And then you test yeah. it. Right. So I started with my hypothesis. And one of them was I was just sitting back thinking about how the United States got the way it is. And, you know, Wu-Tang taught me cash rules, everything around me. So I said, I bet you that the crowns in Europe always had a money man behind them. Then I said, OK, let's go find the money man. And then I found the money man. And I wrote a book called The Patriot Report of Mass the Conspiracy of Money and War, right? 
And I said, I need to show this to everybody. The other one I had was I was sitting back studying communism. I said, man, this awfully smells like the United States of America today. (laughs) So I tweeted out, hey, you know, America's a communist nation. And I got a bunch of pushback. Now I don't get as much pushback because it's post-pandemic, right? And everybody's like, yeah, it's feeling real commie. I'm like, yeah, but the things were in place already to make the pandemic possible because all these things have been passed previously. Um, I say all that to say the supreme intelligence is self-consciousness. And you said it before, the ability to hold two ideas at the same time. That's mm-hmm. how you're really going to surface real real knowledge or real, real sagacity. So when I think about things or I think about intelligence, I say, do you have the ability to monitor your thoughts? Because if you can't think- monitor... If you can't monitor your thoughts, you're not thinking. Yeah, thinking about how you're thinking is uh, is how I like to say what you're saying. Yes, yes. Do you find that's true that that would be uh, the supreme intelligence? Um, because I find so, the so other old, one old me. Let, let me. Uh, I'll put it like this: I would have probably disagreed hard, maybe even five years ago. Mm. And that, that's just because of the way I'm trained to think, the, what's worked for me, how I've navigated things. In the past two, three years, I've shifted, and this is a lot more in line. I'm, I'm going to say it in my words and, and yeah. see what we pick up. I, I put everything to the smell test first. Mm. I go, this doesn't pass the smell test. Let me see why. It like like and so I I used to you know kind of patiently wait on the sidelines for for data and make a decision, and then I would look at and then you know the, the, there are a number of things in this country, uh, politically, socially, and I, I yeah politically and socially, and and I just went okay that. I said, you know, what's what's the what's the end goal? Is when I started asking myself too. Was like, who who the hell stands to benefit from from a weird policy? And that completely changed how I look at things. And I'll give you the the clearest example. So so I used to uh, back when he first came on, I would watch because he was all cool with John Oliver. And then I, I I got I said, this guy's way too political, not interested. Well, my girl will still watch it every now and then, and she was watching. Uh, she just was watching an episode, and I was just in the background. And he was he was trying to uh, criticize the "don't say gay" bill, as they call it, the one in Florida. And normally, I would shut out my brain, right? But I've been curious about this because the way the media had presented it didn't pass the smell test. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is they were presenting it as a lockdown on discussing a person's sexuality in the classroom, regardless of the classroom. And I said, something about that sounds weird because we're about the same age. We at the very least, we were, were millennials. You know, well, we grew up, that, that, that shit wasn't talked about. So I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the angle? So I tune in closer. And, and Oliver actually describes the bill. And I said, these motherfuckers, right? He, he describes the bill. And it goes, you know, what they're trying to do is ban 
the discussion of sex or sexuality in classrooms of second graders or lower. And I said, how, how is that a controversial position? <laughs> and, and, and he just said that like, like matter of factly, and it just kept going, but it would stick where, you know, where we, we broke it down and, and tried to make you feel like a bigot for not supporting it. And I'm just looking at this going, hold up. Hold, we, we, we're not going to stop and really unpack that idea that, that, <laughs> that a governor had to step in and go, no, this is illegal to do. This was a thing we just kind of, we just kind of get when we were coming up. All right. And, and then, you know, that takes us down a different rabbit hole, but that was the first time where I said, this is not what they're trying to, uh, the, the, these things are not as they seem. You should make sure that you always just, and now look, that, every time I hear a piece of, I hear something, I don't even bother looking at the data. I mean, but now I use my own thought process too. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm just this guy to go, that, 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 you know, that report, all right, but no. I use my own thought process as well, which is, I, I think, highly tuned, very logical, trained, you know, street smarts and academic, not going to find many brothers like that. Uh, I, I know how to think. And so when I say that, I'm, I'm calculating all that too. I guess the right. logic as well. Right. But there are some things that are just so effing ridiculous. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> You know, like one of the things that that they talked about during the during the uh, the pandemic was like the mask in the at uh, the restaurant, and and my initial uh, my initial stance, you know, people people try to eviscerate me over it, but I'm like, nah, man, this is how I think, and that's what I thought. I said, I, I well, when it all started, I treated the mask idea kind of like um, uh, I think it's a. Uh, I can't remember the name of the wager, but, but it's like where if you, you know believe in heaven because if you're right, you benefit. If you're wrong, uh, you 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 still you know the worst case is you acted in a way where the world gets better. That was my first dance, and then I started to look at how things evolved and changed, and I said, "Wait a second, I I kind of get this, especially in hospitals, but you're telling me I got to enter a restaurant, and and while I get up and walk around, take it off when I eat, and everything is cool, and I'm like." That that doesn't fly with how how I how it works, and I said, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> and to use an example, not like the pandemic, to move away from that, uh, somebody made a tweet one day, and it was about how they should, you know, God should have to pay child support for, you know, the time she she's pregnant. And I was my first thought was, "Oh, they already got to pay child support for the kid," but somebody clarified and was like, "No, I mean like." while she's carrying the baby. And my, fir my first thought was you have never been around, because some woman was just saying it, but a dude was like attacking my thoughts when I said that. I said, my first thought was like, you ain't never been around a pregnant woman. I mean, they can still do shit for like, <laughs> you know, uh, for, for a while. And then my second, my next thought was like, okay, so you want to prove the, prove the DNA because that's how you would show that it's it's the father he goes yeah you know you can have those tests I'm like you realize how dangerous those tests are right like and and how much money are you really giving up and it was like oh you know you just, you should have to take care of it your kid before and I'm like no no I hear you but what I'm saying is how will we go about uh, proving and making this idea work and you know you push back and argue but but this is this is what happens when you try to pursue with thinking.
and, and I'm, I'm sure you you've experienced this when you try to think through a problem or a solution that everyone has a knee-jerk reaction to you end up you don't end up with twice the support you know that doesn't happen that way they don't go oh man this guy really thought this through you end up with twice the hate yeah. because, because you're flip-flop or it seems like you flip-flop but really you just thought through the issues yeah things that i've been, been eviscerated for conservative liberal right left however we look at it i was not in support of the riots but i said i can understand how a motherfucker gets to this point mm. like because if you look at things like eric garner and antoine rose they should have just convicted those guys that it's pretty straightforward and clear uh but because they didn't that's what they're going to remember and so they go well you guys aren't giving us justice time to go tear some shit down mm. they ripped me apart the, the the conservatives ripped me apart for that right <laughs> then on the other end right uh, I, I managed to piss the liberals off because I was like, well, you know, it's a real clever trick of marketing to call it pro-choice because choice is not the opposite of life. Mm. It's just, it's pro, but they're not going to let them call it pro-death and they kill me. Oh, <laughs> taking away women's rights, all that crazy shit. And <laughs> then on the other end, I said, you know, I was pro Second Amendment is your 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 me, right? One hundred percent. Not, I mean, not, not as pro. Like I ain't got a bunch of guns around, but but I think you should have a gun, the ability to get a gun. But let's be real here. This is a tool where where a little skinny kid having a bad day can just move his finger and and the life. So we should probably make it. We should have a, a very stringent background check system and have to do mandatory training hours so you know how to fire that weapon off because most people ain't gonna be like your boy in uh i think it was in illinois where he fired off like three rounds pop 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 stop them stop the mall shooting at like it was like 40 yards away under stress I'm like i don't know how he did that but if you ever go to the range then, you know and i know how to shoot from my time in the military i'm not doing that i without training you know and they were like, oh, man, no, nah, that, that's not Second Amendment. You should be able to just have a gun. I'm like, bro, I'm not saying they should take your gun. I'm just saying you should train with the tool that can kill a person uh, that, that, that effectively infinitely multiplies your force. Mm. Like, no matter how strong you are or how much force you can generate, that trigger pull at many spots on the human body will end a life. Mm. So when you when you think when you think when you think <laughs> you find yourself on lonely islands but that's okay because then you meet other people who can think i think that's the best part about the internet man we'd, we'd have never connected if it wasn't for the internet right right yeah um yeah it's a lot to be said about the two-way argument i don't want to spend too much time on that because i um I just don't know what to think about it. You know, I, I just wish yeah. I wish I could just be a magic genie and just erase guns from existence, period. <laughs> right. But it's just like, but, it's, that, it's, but that's already out the box now. It's too late. You know? Yeah. Uh, this shit is like a, a, a lot of this stuff is like Pandora's box, man. Once you let it out, you got to be. We learned about that with booze. We tried to make booze legal. Now we know who Al Capone is mm. <laughs> right? Because, because we tried to make booze illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a slippery slope with a lot of this stuff, man. Um, communism. You've been studying communism. What's your argument against communism? And then it, it is, are you, because you're against communism, are you pro-capitalism or is there a better way? Okay. So my argument about, my base argument against communism is that it neglects 
human motivation. It, it completely misaligns incentives because at the end of the day, it's really nice to think we will work together for the common good, but we don't really give a shit. And not only do we not care, uh, we get really mad when we see people get rewarded for our work, okay? And communism, you know, it's conned in the name, communityism, in theory, is a really great utopian idea, but it completely neglects the human element. And because it neglects the human element, what's the only way to enforce that system? I'll give you a hint. That's the reason why every communist regime has an incredible death toll. You have to force people. Not to mention, you know, and then and, and that's that's my biggest argument against it. You know, and we're not even talking about the uh, I guess the the intellectual argument against it, which is you you remove the flexibility of the market to respond to its needs. Central planning is has never been successful because you that's not how it works. People have different needs and different desires. And if you let a market spring up, obviously you need need some regulations because complete anarchy is a different kind of misery. But uh, you need the ability to to respond, we'll call it safely and within laws and expectations on our contracts. Right. So there's my argument against it. As far as like, you know, what we'll call my argument for for capitalism, I'll be the first to say uh, no system is perfect. Humans have an incredible ability to corrupt anything. Doesn't matter what it is, okay? We corrupted the church. <laughs> that's like that. That's like the institution you go to to stop being a corrupted influence, <laughs> and we fucked that up. Like that's just what we do. All right. But here's what I'll say about about capitalism in the same realm. This is an analogy I always use. The the capitalism is to the human condition what what salt is to the human body. Salt takes two things which by themselves are poisonous: uh, sodium and, and chlorine. Or at the very least, you you would not be able to ingest handle it without suffering some serious consequences. And it combines them to make something essential for life, salts, okay? But we end up with a problem when we put that combination on everything and in excess, right? You end up with hypertension, high blood pressure, renal failure, all these issues, okay? Edema, that's another one, all right? And so we look at capitalism. Capitalism takes two things which by themselves are incredibly destructive to humanity, self-interest and greed. Mm. And it combines them and it makes something that has single-handedly, more than probably any other idea, uh, lifted people out of, of poverty, it's changed nations. You know, when you look at the history of of the abolishment of slavery and how the pushback started to come, you, you see a striking parallel to the development of the industrial uh, the, the industrial revolution. Just to correct well, you, you it, meant to say capitalism and not communism. Yeah, oops, did I say communism? Yeah, yeah. capitalism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Capitalism, yes. right. Okay, uh, when you look at like how, how slavery slowly goes out of fashion in most of the world, well, it's because people can stand up to it because now we have machines to make our lives better. 
And that's a capitalist, you know, the, the capitalism is the reason we did that. Imagine if they were like, you know, you want to invent this, but don't get the credit, no money. People like fucking betting stuff. I'm going to just chill here and keep keep beating these Negroes, right? That's like, that's, that's how it goes. All right. But what's the problem with capitalism right now? We put it on everything to excess. Mm. I'm going through this right now. You know, you know, they, they talk about, oh, you know, you, yeah, all the medical bills. Well, I'm dealing with a bunch of medical bills now because we, we got to go to the hospital a lot because we, you know, business for the kid. And then right after, then you got to go back right the day after all that. This crazy stuff, right? And I knew, I knew that, but it was it's just interesting to, to get the experience. Our education system, college, <laughs> you have to pick what you study based on the money. It wasn't always that way. Mm. Now, there's other factors, like everyone having a degree, but you have to, not only do you have to make it, you know, pick what you study based on the money you'll make because otherwise it's a really bad investment. Uh, the the way we have college set up in the United States compared to, let's say, you know, Portugal, the system I'm most familiar with, and I think a lot of Europe is like this, uh, minus the UK. Uh, they, here in the US, they want you to, you got to stay on campus your first year, uh, sometimes your second. And campus housing, hey, you ain't never got a spot on campus cheaper than it would be off campus. Mm -hmm. It ain't never gonna happen, right? There's different kinds of upkeep it over Then there's mandatory books you gotta get. And before they just let they just, you know, had a had a deal with the publisher and then the internet came along and they were like, students were like, we'll show you. And then with the whole build a better mousetrap thing, they were like, nah, students, we'll show you. All the problems, all the homework are coming from this book and this book only, and you can only access it on the internet, which is which is a hilarious turn of events. That like we went from being able to bootleg anything to now you really pretty much can't bootleg anything because not everything is on the net and they've got all secure the security is just just where to a to a crazy extent. Yeah. But that that's my the, uh, so so in other words, like I think capitalism is the the best system we have right now, certainly superior to communism, because capitalism factors on the one constant in all systems, which is the human. Mm. And it, it allows the human to work towards the incentives. If they happen to feel good, change society, whatever, that's a happy byproduct. But it ain't the main reason. Jeff, I mean, you look at Bezos or, or, or Musk or Gates, you know, they're, they're just trying to, they have, first of all, they have the freedom to create that stuff because of, of capitalist structures that, that set their families up or whatever. But they're motivated to innovate, innovate, innovate because they are they are rewarded for it. If you remove the 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 relationship between reward and effort, you're going to get a lot less effort and then a lot less reward. There's a reason why you the, the communist countries have to a resort to force because you remove the incentive, and then they go to shambles because without the incentive, you don't produce anything. Uh, certainly not at the right levels, anyhow, for sure, to to survive and, and compete. So mm. there, there's my, my my little breakdown and thought process of, of capitalism and communism. Mm. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. By the way, by the way, this is why you should make sure you get into the habit of listening to podcasts. I could never reconcile for the I couldn't reconcile for the longest time. But like, I got the psychological edge. I knew that, but I, I couldn't understand why why all socialist communist regimes fell into this 
the, the these murderous dictatorships are where the and it's why because you got to make people because if you remove incentive you still got to you still have a country just not a working one you got to make them do something so boom and then you have to deal with your dissidents <laughs> because you're going to get a lot of dissidents uh you got to make sure they go away too mm-hmm. yeah um, you made a joke about stalin that was your ass <laughs> oh yeah well, look man yeah people forget that woo you know here's how bad stalin was man i went to a restaurant and uh when i was in warsaw called it was called the red something it was like a play on communists because because poland was one of the countries that was that was underneath the ussr and they don't have his picture up mm. they got they got Lenin. They got uh Marx <laughs> uh, and, and somebody else, Trotsky. Like, but they don't Trotsky. Yeah, they but they, they don't have uh they they took his picture now, man. Mm. Stalin's. I was like, wow, that's incredible. I have a picture of it. The Red Hog, I think, is what it's called. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Poland got the ass whipped by communism <laughs> several times. Yeah, man, it's just several. You know the, that whole which is just like a, a random little history bit. You know, one of the reasons why the United States is the country it is and why it got to that point in, what, 300 years mm. compared to Europe, which is, you know, their sewers are older than our country, is that, you know, we, we never had to deal with the threat of invasion ever. You got to cross an ocean or an ocean, and we're very friendly with our neighbors to the north and south. So, yeah, after we kicked their ass. Um, oh, you, you gotta, you gotta show them. It <laughs> <laughs> comes a point, you know, you, you you knock somebody around and you become boys, and saying, and a lot of it is because you recognize not only will you not win the fight, but you probably can do a lot more together than you can as enemies. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, communism is just a bad idea. Um, you know, um, I. I I've sort of gotten away from that gnosis of the disincentivizing factor. Um, and the way I've come to uh, understand communism is to try to love it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll teach you. Somebody told me they read uh, the Communist Manifesto. Right. Just that they, they wanted to understand it. And I was like, let me try this. And, and, and I couldn't make it through it. Yeah, it's hard. Really. It, it's there. There's a lot of double speak inconsistencies, and I was going to say weird language, but yeah, we'll go with double speak. To yeah. That work. It's 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 like it, they they assess the problem really well. Marx and you know the contraband team that uh, uh, the smugglers that commissioned him to be the 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 writer of the work because he ain't write that shit. Um, but they assess the problem really well. And then when they come with the solution, it's like, what? <laughs> you, you know what it's like? You ever you ever talk to somebody who is who's a piece of shit, right? Or like not even that bad. What we'll, we'll just say somebody who needs to make a life change. Okay. But that change is a lot of work. Yes. And so what they'll do, that they can they can assess the problem incredibly well they know where they're weak why they got to change what they got to change and how you know what to do but if you if you get them to to go and do the thing or to to you know they'll go what 
that won't that'll never work. That's crazy. Uh, because you can talk somebody through the point until you get them to the point where the logical continuation is you're wrong or you need to change this. But if they're committed to if they're, they're committed to the story they tell themselves, they'll go, "Oh, that's nuts." I got to tell you a great story about this. This, this, this I mean, it's hilarious and, and not in a uh, not in a tone that's serious. Uh, I, I got a buddy who whose whole thing is he hates using condoms, mm-hmm. right? And he don't have a girl, so it's just you know whatever randos. And so and so you know I I would say yo that's a real bad idea you know like the more times you get burned like you you get a resistance to the antibiotics you understand that mm. and eventually it ain't gonna work mm. i'm why he was like yeah yeah and he was like well everyone should just get tested and i said yeah you're right but let me let me just follow you for a minute on this i'm being real calm with this they go let's let's say you you meet a chick you going to wait three days, four days to get tested? Or are you just going to do it right there? He was like, I'm going to just wear that. I was like, so what if she just got tested there? She showed your results, but she smashed somebody in the same time frame and picked some up. H- how does this work? And I watched them pause, and then he just doubled down. and was like, you should, everyone should just get tested, so they ain't got to work on <laughs> Because if you follow the logic... The logic don't hold, yeah. right? At the yeah. very least, at the very least, the alternative is, is just to be like, you know, I don't give a shit about trans men, which is cool, right? Yeah. Like from at least from the logic argument, yeah. okay. <laughs> but but I find that it's like that a lot with with a lot of these these arguments that are not rooted in solid thinking. Yeah, because the, because when you understand, when I was a tutor. I, I never cared about their answer. I would watch them work out problems mm. because we can change the thought process. But if you don't change the thought process, you won't ever change the outcome. Mm. And you'll and not only will you not change the outcome, they'll argue that the outcome is correct. And they'll they'll mm. think it is it is sound because they don't understand how to think about a problem. Mm. And then and then on top of that, they want to understand. Well, oh, okay, there's the issue. Uh, I need to alter this. So I can get the favorable outcome or a better outcome. Mm. Weird, 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 because altering it, altering the process outcome would mean, you know, going, oh shit, I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got a, a a very ancient friend, um, and uh, we were got, we were talking on the phone the other day, and he was talking about starting his own podcast, whatever, whatever. And I think he was he wanted to do it with me, and I just don't have the bandwidth to start another podcast, right? Um. So we were just going over, you know, you know what he wants to do and da, 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 da. And every time we came to the point of a, um, a solution, oh, you know, he'd give me the old communist excuse. Oh, that wouldn't work. That can't work. I can't do that. That's not going to work. I've tried that, you know, this whole thing. So then I noticed that there was a commonality in all of what he said. And it was, um, he started saying things like, oh, I just don't have the energy anymore because he's like my age and he still hasn't like found his way. So he said, you know, I don't have the energy anymore. So I, I um, when I help people, I usually don't give them statements. I just usually help them back into the solution by asking them questions. So I said, well, what gives you energy? And he said, baseball. So I was like, well, there you go. You should just start a podcast on baseball. No, that wouldn't work. And I was just like, <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, what's going on? Uh, so at that point, I'm just like, 
all right, let me finish smoking my blunt. Just let this nigga talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no helping him. And then he sat there on the phone for 30 minutes, 30 more minutes as I drove home from my photo shoot, talking about baseball and everything wrong with baseball. And at the end of it, I said, I said, you know, you just recorded, you just had a, a, a podcast episode about baseball, right? But nobody would listen to it. I was like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. But you're going to have people like that in your life who, you know. Will argue for their weaknesses. All the, all the energy they could, they could put towards fixing their deficiency or making a move or level up, they decide to use that instead to argue for why they should be there, why that's a problem. And it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. And that's why I said before, the supreme intelligence is self-reflection. Yep. Admit oh, to yourself. Oh, goodness. Man, one of the things I... Well, so so when, I, when I coach uh, boxing, I, you know, two, three days a week, one of the things I, I make sure I get the students to do is... Is you know there's a feel process they got it because there's a lot of a lot of feel in the fight game, but then I but then when they execute a move and I'll, I'll go ah what was wrong I'm always trying that's what I ask them I go what was wrong because I got to get them to feel how to self correct because if you can self correct you don't need me which is ultimately the goal of any coach I really believe that now whether that that ever real materializes is different but every coach every teacher is trying to make sure he's relevant to that means you transmit everything and they can self-correct. But I always say that, you know, there, there are three traits that I call the, the scumbag trifecta. Mm. And, and if it's a, it's a know-it-all, it's somebody who, who can't, oh, I, well, I don't know why I can't remember that, the, the trait now, but it's a know-it-all, something else, and people who can't, uh, oh, someone who can't admit they were wrong, mm -hmm. and people who can't, who don't know, like what was wrong? Like no ability, no self-awareness. When mm. you lack self-awareness, it, it doesn't matter. Like if you have all three of those traits, you, you're you stuck. Right. You won't listen to people. You can't get the information through from, from whatever the feedback to get your mind right. And, and you will never, you don't have the humility to accept someone else's is guidance, not just their criticism, but that self-awareness, that's one of the, the kickers. When you said that, yeah, absolutely. You got to have the, the ability to say, yo, um, I'm wrong. And that's it. <laughs> and go from there. Like, and I want to do something about it. Like that's step two, you know, like step one. Like when I teach my kids how to handle emotions, I say, I ask them, is it, is it okay to be angry? No, you're wrong. It is okay to be angry. That's a human emotion. The first step is yeah. to admit I'm angry. The second step is to say, I don't want to be angry anymore because it's not productive. The third step is to breathe, right? Like these are the steps we have to yeah. go to. But you first have to recognize, yo, I got a motherfucking problem. <laughs> so that's why, that's why, you know, when you, what's the first step in AA? You got to admit you got a problem. We like, we can't do shit if you think you are okay. Right. <laughs> what, you know, I, I tell people every interview when they, they ask like, oh, you know, what was the thing you had to do? to get, get your life in order and together. Because it's like, yeah, Latimer, you know, right now, you know, he ain't exist 10 years ago. Uh, he, or rather, he was just starting the journey 10 years ago. So 11 years ago, he ain't exist, right? Mm. Uh, 
And one of the things I had to do, I had a very clear, very clear vision uh, or, or memory. I have a very clear memory of standing in the mirror in the bathroom and going, you're a loser, yo. Mm. Yo, I, you got to do something. And you know what's funny, man? I always quote you when you, you were on um, you were on a Donovan Sharp show, and one of the things you said you were just talking about your thing. You, I think I hope I get this right. Uh, you're like my ego doesn't match my circumstances, mm. and I was like, no one's ever put it that way before. That's how I felt. I was mm. like, I think I'm cool. I think I'm the man, right? I, I, you know, I was fighting at this point out, but I was still an amateur, and and I remember thinking like, yo, but I can't even afford to drink, and drinking's my problem. I'm I'm in bad shape. Yeah. We got to do something about this. My ego, like like how I see myself, the world doesn't see me yet. So we got to fix that. I can't really see myself that way. Mm-hmm. So we got to we got to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to fix it. But and I think that's why people because what's the next step after you admit that you got a problem? You either go, I'm fine being a fuck up, and a lot of people don't want to do that, mm. or you gotta do the work. Okay. A lot of people don't want to do that, mm. so they just skip that last step. They just they'll follow you up till you gotta cry. They'll get to the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> But you try to get him to punch it in, it ain't happening. They gonna pull a Russell Wilson and throw the interception. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you know what's you know what's uh, side note? Just I, I read this book, Thinking and Bets, by by pro poker player Annie Duke, and she breaks that down. Mm. And and she breaks that play down with all the numbers. And, and you know, the entire the odds of an interception happening at that that uh point. They're like, I think it was like 3% overall in the NFL. Mm. And that season, it had never happened. Mm. That someone had that someone threw an interception within 10 yards of the goal line. Mm. And and on top of that, he's thinking if it's an incomplete pass, then we just get the clock back, then we punch it in. And they're never going to think we're going to throw it. So, so everything like probabilistically was in his favor. It just and we want to go. Oh, Belichick's a genius, man. Look, sometimes you you fucking a broken clock is right twice a day. Like every now and then, you're in the right spot because the safety's able to jump that route because he's given a little room because he's he's kind of late and we want to like be real about it because if you're expecting a push up the middle with Marshawn Lynch, yeah, you should probably be a little closer. And certainly not in a position. To, to jump a, a middle a middle uh, post route of the middle, right? But our post short pass. But but it's really awesome just looking at that from a, from a numbers perspective is like probabilistically, not only did he do the right thing, he did the safest thing. Really? <laughs> from a number standpoint, because if right. he runs that in and, and it doesn't get punched in, then you got to burn a time out. Mm. Uh, and now you really have no choice. But it just didn't go that low, man. Shit, it happens. <laughs> See, that's why I come back to a priori. A priori would have said, nigga, this man is called the beast. Right. <laughs> right? Like, at but some the, point, you got to eliminate all that number shit <laughs> and use your but motherfucking they're, but they're, they're playing a team. 
but they're playing a team. They, you know, you, you don't just get to the Super Bowl, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're not playing a weak team where right. they, this is going to pound. So if they stop him, which which is, I think the the numbers gave forty ish percent chance of stopping him. Yeah. Then you now you got a hard decision to make because you you either burn this timeout, right? And they were down by four. That was the other significant part of this. Mm. They're not down by three. Right. So now four changes goal. things up. Yeah. So so now you got a real hard decision, which is so so we 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 get it, but it just turned out quite in the worst possible way. Yeah. I mean the worst <laughs> possible way. You know what it's like. You know the game. Uh, no limit poker. Yeah, it, it's like it's like you got pocket aces, mm. and the flop comes down ace two seven, and you're like, there ain't no fucking way somebody's sitting in the hand with two seven, yeah. except this idiot, right, <laughs> who who bets you think it doesn't know anything, and then the flop comes down another seven, and you ignore it, you ignore it, because why why would why would you think it's a big deal mm. because there's no way he's sitting in the hand with a two seven right and then another seven comes down and now you're like fuck <laughs> but but what are you gonna do yeah either he's got it or it doesn't but but you can't really think he's got it yeah. because who has two seven right and you got pocket aces man and you who, got trip aces. Who, well who keeps two seven Right. <laughs> After you raised what you're now the probabilistic thinking is one of my favorite problems in life because because if everything was deterministic, we'd have we'd have an easy it'd be easy. There would always be a right or a wrong and, and you could always connect the dots backwards and know what happened. A funny thing in the in the purest sense of the word game. Chess is not a game because a computer has solved every position. There's always a correct move. Mm. Now, humans can't do it yet, but the best ones can to a very high degree, and they win most of the games. But even Magnus Carlsen doesn't go undefeated at a tournament. That's why, like, there are multiple games in a round. Mm. But life, that's why life ain't like chess. Mm. Because there's that probabilistic element. There are things that, that should not happen that do. And things that do happen that shouldn't. Mm. When you look at the odds, when you look at the numbers, that's why engineers, engineers and I are big fans of ever saying something that's 100%. You can say certain things are 0%. Yeah. But you can't ever say 100% because shit happens. Shit happens. Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of shit happens, what do you think of this Kanye West stuff? And then we're going to go to uh, Super Chats. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you know, okay. I look at Kanye West the way I look at Donald Trump. Okay. And and whenever whenever my friends, because cause I am in a very liberal, I'm in, I'm in a blue city. I'm in a blue city and a swing state, which means we're typically only Philadelphia and Pittsburgh vote blue. And it's just a matter of population distribution at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so whenever people start bitching me about Trump, as they inevitably did uh, and still do sometimes, I always say, Trump is just the the symptom, you, you know. That's why he 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 came up to try and run. I think two other times before, waiting for the time is right. People were dissatisfied as fuck. They're mad, and what are they mad about? You got to look at everything else that allowed, you know, Trump to get elected. If you don't like the fact that he was elected, and and that's the only way you're ever going to prevent it. But instead, you're just going to complain and be foolish. Okay, 
So, so I want to say that to preface what I'm about to say about Kanye West. Mm. Kanye West with the with the with the black with the what, what do you say white lives matter what, mm-hmm. with that shirt mm-hmm. people people forget they're they're just awful they're awful fucking awful at this the future they're awful at the future they don't realize how the future comes about an action someone does something and then there's a reaction you don't just get to act in a vacuum you 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 do things that influence other things and other people and. Their reaction sometimes, very often actually, is not going to be in alignment or in agreement with your stance. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about everything that you did. That's why I'm so big on how, on my responsibility with my platform. I have everything I say, everything I put out there. I generate a reaction. Now, now, granted, I'm not poking the bear, so I'm probably not going to ever generate as big a reaction as Kanye West, nor do I have his, his, his influence and reach. But I look at Kanye's behavior, no idea what he's going through, right, what he's thinking. Mm. But what I do know is he's a reaction. You, you don't get a White Lives Matter shirt unless you get a Black Lives Matter grip. It, that doesn't happen, right? So you got to ask yourself, why? Why does why does this black man who doesn't need your money? Remember, he don't need your money. You don't need influence. Right. So, so you, we we have to eliminate those two motivators. At the very least, we can we can say with reasonable certainty that he's not worried about being canceled, nor is he worried about pandering. The two kind of extremes uh, that one would what one would. Uh, mention in this context mm. all right so, so he sees something and feels a certain way and has his reach to to, to do something with it right mm. and what were we saying at the beginning of the conversation whenever you have a platform they want you to think can be a certain way especially as a black man and boy oh boy is kanye fucking him up <laughs> like <laughs> Even if, look, let's put it like this. I, I don't care either way, all right? But I, I I snicker, laugh, feel warm in my heart because he's not doing what they want him to do. Mm-hmm. Even, even if it's just purely out of spite and rebellion, he's not walking the line that they want him to walk. Right. And so it changes their whole calculus. Cause this ain't this ain't a nobody rapper, man. I think Kanye West is is has sold over a hundred million albums, man. Like this right. is not, and, and this is in this age, right? Not like back when the only way you could get music was with an album. You know, this is fucking college dropout, man. Arguably the greatest debut album ever. I mean, what the great stuff, right? Really good influence great clout uh, too in the community that he was willing to go nope you know what i'm gonna meet with trump i'm gonna rock a white lives matter shirt whatever the hell else he's doing mm. right uh and, and i i just think i think that you'll get more guys like him i think kanye might be he may forever be the biggest but he ain't the last one because i can't tell you how close i was during the 2016 election to just making a post saying I voted for Trump. Not because I care. Not because I even actually did it. Mm. Because I got tired of people telling me that I shouldn't. Mm. Mm. 
a level guy. I don't really move or get bored. So I got tired of it. I can't imagine with somebody with his influence and his standing and his position is being told to say and do or at least being strongly hinted, but they can't dangle money over him. Right? Can't take That's opportunity he, away from him. He's already established and done. What are you gonna do? Call him crazy? What what did Dave Chappelle say in that interview? When he was talking about uh, uh I can't remember what comedian it was he went to see and he was saying like I was with him, Oprah. Yeah. Oh right. And he was talking about, you know, so they call you crazy to get to, to, to make them dismiss you. But these are tough-minded people that got to the top of it. They're not crazy. But if they get you to think they're crazy, they, they you dismiss your whole day. They can dismiss your whole stance. So that's what they do. Kanye's got to have some mental illness. He's got to be crazy. But because it's really hard to make the, the argument that he's selling out. So it's getting you to look a different way. And, and by itself, the contrarian part of me that I have more or less under control I, I still I, I smile when I see shit like that, man, because mm. because I know that that ain't what I know that that's not what everyone wants him to do. Mm. Mm. And and it's showing that he can think and be a free man. And that takes a lot of because he's visible too, man. They like 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 Ed Lattimore is like, you know, I'm like a sea level celebrity on the Internet, on the Internet. If I decided to go and do that, you know. No one's really gonna. Someone might go out of their way to like find me, maybe. But I can't. I'm, I'm not gonna hire security. I'm gonna just be like, you know, knock if you buck, man. We going. That's what it's gonna be. You know, I'll carry and make sure it's all good. Maybe, maybe catch a charge if somebody's a little too over aggressive, but they weren't really about that life. Yeah. But this is Kanye West, man. Yeah. He, you know, he. I'm sure that's costing him more money than it's making him because he's got to have security and shit and worry about his kids. And so there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my thoughts on it, man. I, I don't, I don't care for the, sh- I don't care for the shirt because of the reaction it creates. Mm-hmm. All right, but I, I like that he's doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's a lot to be said about what you, the level you have to reach before you can be free. Exactly. <laughs> because look, and and we know there are levels. Here's how we know there's levels, right? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, he didn't come out and say shit about politics ever. And then last election, he's putting stuff out about it. They got John Cena apologizing to China. So there's, so these are like people who are big, like Rock's a list, and, and they got him to bend the knee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so whatever Kanye doing or whatever it's going to cost him, uh, because if they get they shut him up. Because right now, no one takes him seriously, but he's got a lot of influence, man. Get a lot of influence and reach. Uh, they will one day. He will disrupt some shit. They want to talk about, you know, it's funny. It's like, use they, they say, use your platform to talk about the politics. But the politics, we want you to talk about. <laughs> yeah. The issues we want you to talk about. Kanye's decided. Kanye's reached the conclusion I reached. You know, this is another thing I don't really talk about. I talk about here. Uh I think there was very much a time in the history of our country from a social and economic standpoint where black people needed things like affirmative action in all of its its forms. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a messed up system. Man. I think now today, I think two things in particular, um, affirmative action and, and black history 
month, I think they should be abolished. But I don't think they should just get rid of it. They should just teach teach the history mm. and our, our our contribution, not just make it a one time. I'm not I'm not that guy that's like every year, every month through Black History Month. Well, I guess kind of I am. I guess what I'm saying is just start teaching people that Americans contributed to American society, regardless of their race. Mm. But the moment you make it a black versus white thing, you keep that life, you you create a battle line. Mm. And, and when you create a battle line, you show people where, the, where to fight. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't expect, this is what they didn't expect. You can't expect that all the people who show up to fight are going to be on your side and the other side is not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. What Kanye is showing is that there's another side. Whether he's really on that side or not is different, but he's showing it's there right. and he's giving them support right now. That, that's how I look at these things. Same way, same thing with affirmative. You, you can only... I said this a few years ago on Twitter. I'm happy, you know, it didn't come to fruition or anything. But I'm like, look, you can only make somebody feel guilty about who they are for so long before, before they start behaving in such a way where they're going to confirm you. You know, right. you, you can't demonize w- white men mm. just just off rip because we're going to because instead of elevating, right? Because you can elevate people of, yeah, I, I hate that I'm using this term. You can elevate minorities. There we go. You can elevate. Because mathematically, that's correct. You can elevate my <laughs> minorities without putting down the majority, but they don't see that. And mm. I was, or, or, or they don't make any effort to, to block that off. Yeah, so it's the same reason why I'm against like anything that specifically um, says it is a race thing, like a black student union or an Asian student union. I'm like, yeah, of course you can. Like everyone can come, but what you're what you're setting up is is a precedent. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, because you can't, because right now you can't go. It's the white student union, right? Because then they they kick you out. Yeah. But how is that any different from it being a black one? And yeah. eventually, you're going to get somebody or enough people who are going to vote with their dollars to make. They're not going to vote to have that be gone. They're going to feel like they got to get back. So mm-hmm. then now it's going to be the white student union. Now you're going to have to, and that's how it starts. The reslope. Then you yeah. go cold, and there's going to be a fucking eagle somewhere. Or, <laughs> Or a Confederate flag. No one thinks about these things because humans are terrible at the future. Right. My my issue <laughs> with um black history, and you talked about this, like the division is it's always including white people. And it's just like, how is it Black History Month, but you can't never have a conversation unless you include white people? And it's always about and even when you include white people, it's always about, oh, this the white man kicked my ass. The white man kicked my ass. I'm struggling to get the white man's boot off my neck. And, you know, like inside of the ages called into my show yesterday and he said he didn't hear about Black Wall Street till he was a grown adult. But I'm sure he heard about all the mm-hmm. other shit. And even when they talk about Black Wall Street, they call it a massacre. We all yeah. know a massacre means you got wiped out. It didn't they didn't get wiped. It was a battle. They should call it the Black Wall Street battle because they fought and then they rebuilt and, and, and it stood for another 40 years. How come they don't talk about how Black Wall Street had their own currency, right? They leave all the details out and just talk about the service level shit like race. Back back to what we were saying earlier, them symbolic victories. You keep telling motherfuckers about, you know, Rosa Parks and, and Martin Luther King and, and you know, put some edge, you throw in some Malcolm X, right? And and every year, you know, people feel like they got something. Yeah. You know, and both sides will feel like they got some black people feel like they were taught. White people are like, all right, we, we finished this up another year. <laughs> like, nah, man, uh wipe all that out, go deep and show the contribution. But that's that's harder. That's harder, that requires more energy. 
and and it requires dealing with discomfort temporarily because there will be a lot of discomfort on both ends of it. Mm-hmm. But I ultimately think it's certainly better than keeping a division up Absolutely. between black and white. Absolutely. I always say the black man's greatest ally is the white man. Um, <laughs> it's another conversation for another day. J.A. said, Hotep and Bill, blessings to the chat. Appreciate you for the super chat. Markel, 999, he said, this is an instant classic. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, you know, um, when we first started this conversation, he said he doesn't know um, how I choose people, but I'm you know, sure I have a system. And um, I have basically three criteria. Um, the first one is, um, you have to be smart and intelligent. You have to show signs of intelligence, right? <laughs> the second thing is you've got to at least be interesting, right? And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are smart, but they're not interesting. Um, and another thing is you got to be established. Like, and, you know, I go by the numbers. If you got a lot of followers, you must be doing something right. But that's not always the case like just because somebody has a lot of followers like there's this one dude that wants to get on my channel he's a billionaire he's got all these followers and i refuse to interview him because i'm like you're just pompous right like you're not interested oh. <laughs> he's just not he's not inter- it's like his idea of being interesting is superficial like oh i bought the biggest diamond in the world wow those people really exist i always <laughs> thought that was just uh just a, a caricature or he's or a caricature he's definitely yeah. that's what he is <laughs> you know and he like he tries to dress hip-hop-ish or something like that and he's like i got the most expensive watch and it's just like and his fan base tries to get him on my channel i'm like that stuff doesn't impress me like i grew up in an affluent household you're not gonna impress me with money right <laughs> like, i don't know what it's like to be poor you know what i'm saying so <laughs> you know you know what's great man um so i one i didn't know that uh two it's one of the cool things that's why i say you can't put us all in a fucking monolith man like yeah. like what we what different because because i i am a stereotype i'm i'm a hood nigga from the projects raised was you know by a single mom uh on welfare, that kind of thing, like all that, right? What people nigga. typically think of, <laughs> yeah, right. What people think of when they when they think of the the black experience, but yeah. then on the other end, man, you got guys like you, and but, but, but that lets us that what that tells me though is is that the connection has your social economic background, who you were or, or or who you are now, though that there's another reason why I would exclude people based you know whatever but uh, where thinkers connect man yes uh, and, and and thinking ain't got a damn thing to do at least directly with, with where you're from and if you can think man you can change your your situation yeah. you can really alter your life in a dramatic way and they have no no problems doing so yeah yeah you know i want to see the depth of your thought you know, um, like I'll have the quartering on later. He's going to be somebody I'm interviewing later, you know, and um, I'm not really sure what to make of him, you know, but that's the other thing. Like if I see you're established and you're doing something and it's interesting, um, I want to learn about who you are and understand why people follow you and understand why you're successful. Because, you know, I'm running this channel uh, partly for selfish motives. I want to grow as a person and. It, talking to you today helped me grow as a person. There's a lot of things you can get because my gnosis is you am I and I am you. 
And um, when I'm talking to you, I'm really talking to myself. When you're talking to me, you're talking to yourself. We're just reflections of God. And God has uh, splintered us into many different pieces to rediscover ourselves and, and to rise above this, you know, ego level. Um, but when I see people just operating out of ego, and it's just like, hey, I bought this and I own this and I have that. And I'm just like, all right, but what is your ideology? <laughs> right. You know, well, uh, look, man, interesting people don't need shit to be. To, to enjoy this life right you know i was or, or if you want to if you want a grittier version of it that a lot of us uh figure this out uh that a lot of us figure it out who come up through like the whole pickup arts thing or whatever are getting girls look man you broke dudes get get a lot of play if you're an interesting broke dude yeah if you're an interesting broke dude who's never my lack of money has never affected uh my lack of a sex life maybe lack of a romance life sure hmm. but uh like never lack there and and i think that's a general rule of life when you're an interesting person and you're able to and what what, what is being interesting i think it is a one's ability to our interest in constantly learning hmm. and evolving and and that sounds really obvious. I think to people like you're not like oh that's a condition. There's a lot of motherfuckers that stop, man. You take a slice of their life from 28 and overlap with 38, or or, or 22 and 32, and the only difference is is they are heavier mm. and have less hair or something like that. Mm -hmm. But like, there's not a lot of change. I, I'm a big fan of have, making sure your life has acceleration versus velocity. And, and, and people who don't know the difference, you know, velocity is just, you know, your miles per hour. It's very linear. If I plot on the graph, um, my position will change linearly because I'm moving 20 miles per hour. Every hour, I will cover 20 miles. Acceleration is how uh, much faster I go. I'll go 20 miles per hour the first day, 25 the second day. 30 the next day and as you can see you know as i'm making that slant up uh it's a curve because i'm covering more distance in the same amount of time mm -hmm. uh and and that's what acceleration should do and that that that's how you really change that's how you get ahead of people mm. that's how in five ten years you can you can go from from being a broke alcoholic to whatever i am now i guess a writer <laughs> a self-employed uh black writer. intellectual <laughs> yeah intelligentsia i got i got to remove i got to remove the black from that though cuz i hate that but you 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 you're uh you're an intellectual that's what you are you're an there you go you're an intellectual uh just a chick said enjoying a conversation uh peace love and build ladies and gentlemen this is Ed Lattimore yeah, I appreciate you coming through, man. Hang on um, as I close out the show. Hold on one second. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'll be on at 10 p.m. with the quartering tomorrow. Uh, actually, I'll be on Instagram Live in a few minutes. If you guys want to join me on Instagram, I'll be on Instagram Live with Tanya Fear. We're talking about modus operandi. Here, she always has the most interesting conversations. So we'll be on Instagram Live at 2 p.m. The quartering, 10 p.m. tonight. Legal Mindset, I'll be on his channel tomorrow, 11 a.m. Shaga Akmos, tomorrow night, 10 p.m. We're going to be destroying Hebrew Israelites. Oh, 5 p.m. Eastern time today, I'll be on InfoWars with Owen Troyer. Uh, Friday night, 10 p.m., Scott Horton. And as you know, Thursday, 8 p.m., Hotel's been told you right here on the best channel on the Internet. Ladies and gentlemen, if it's your first time here, hit the subscribe button. I am Hotep Jesus, and I'll see you next time. Hotep and Bill.